What's going on, guys? It's Raph. Before we get into the episode, I have a little bit of news for you. If you haven't heard of them, the Consecutives are a modern funk band from Brooklyn, New York, who write intentionally simple music that thrives on improvising. We all like improvising, right? Influenced by American music between the late 50s to mid-70s, pieces of rhythm and blues, modern jazz, funk, and soul can all be heard from song to song and witnessed during the Consecutives live show. The band's most recent release, The Consecutives Volume 2, was recorded in October 2020 in four hours. Jesus, four hours. With minimum, minimal rehearsal and letting the tape run. Each track on the album is a first take with a noticeable human element to the music left in to reflect the reality of being a musician in New York during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. What you hear is an honest portrayal of what it sounds like when musicians don't have access to regular gigs and rehearsals, but continue more than ever to have the desire to play. The consecutives are back out gigging and will be at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City on Thursday, November 4. So New York City peeps, go check them out. Head on over to Rockwood and enjoy. And also, enjoy this episode. Everybody. Welcome to Three from the Seven, Relics' weekly news podcast chronicling three of our biggest news stories from the last seven days. My name is Raf Kenny Sincata. I'm the associate editor at the one and only Relics magazine, and I am joined by my comrade, my friend, my, uh, if she needed a kidney, I'd give it to her. Ladies and gentlemen, Karina Reichman. Hey, I'm going to hold you to that. What's up, baby? How we doing? <laughs> the, the way things are, I, I'm more likely to need a kidney than you are, Karina. Karina lives a healthy lifestyle. She's eating a lot of, uh, she eats a lot of seafood and she gets, <laughs> you get good sleep. Uh, you do yoga, Pilates, all these things. Um, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile all I've had today is black espresso. So <laughs> who needs the kidney? Ah, here, well, really? you know. I start the day that way too, Raf. It's not uh, it's not great for the lining of your stomach, but it just puts a pep in your step. What can you say? You know? Yeah. Uh, but it's great for the lining of my heart. <laughs> Amen. Meta- metaphorically Amen. speaking. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yes, you know, uh, but I'll tell you what's not good. Well, it's good and not good. I'll tell I'll let our listeners know. I'll let them know. Listeners, uh, your girl Karina has been struggling with acne on my face and you don't even know because I do such a great job covering it up when I'm on stage and in public and all these things but dude these last few months Karina has had some sick stuff going on uh and I am now six days into a six-month course of what they call Accutane Serious I don't know if stuff. You're familiar, Raph. It's some serious, serious stuff, stuff, Karina. It's uh, you know, Karina, hopefully Karina's on it's hard really, drugs right now. <laughs> I'm on hard drugs. I cannot consume any alcohol for the next six months. I can't be in the sun. I uh, you know, I there's plenty of things I can't do, but I'll tell you what I'm doing to compensate, Raph, is being uh extremely healthy. <laughs> I'm drinking, you know, 20 ounces of celery juice a day. I'm oh taking God. zinc drops, anything to detoxify the liver. Cause let me tell you, Accutane, it's not supposed to be so good for the liver. It's not supposed to be so good for your organs, but let me tell y'all, I, I just had enough. I had enough. So please, if you're out there and you've taken this drug and you've had a positive experience, I don't want to hear about your negative experiences because it's not going to make me feel any better. But because I'm in this, I'm in this to win this. Uh, yeah. DM me. Send me a little something. What do you got? 
let's uh, get this acne cleared up once for, for all, Raph. And uh, maybe you'll give me a kidney. I'll give you a kidney, whatever it needs to be. But uh, I feel like you're not going to want my Accutane ridden kidney after <laughs> this is all said and done. You're not oh allowed God. to donate blood while you're on it. If you have a child while really? you're on it, it comes out scrambled. So that's a whole thing. <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, it's not pretty. It's just not pretty. So, you know, you got to, uh, it's not pretty, but then it'll be really pretty. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Karina, Karina's going to, um, Karina's going to drop dead. And then the mortuary, they're going to look at her and they're going to say, what a shame. But I'll tell you what, her skin looks fantastic. It's like her skin looks great. Her skin looks her really skin great. Looks uh, phenomenal. My God. Let me, it, it was rough though. I mean, like, you know, it got to the point, trust me, it was like the last, last thing I wanted to do, you know, but when your skin stops responding to all topical treatments, the dermatologists have been telling you to do this for years because it's just, it's, uh, it's chronic. What can you do? You can't, if, uh, if your oil glands are overactive like mine, you got to do the invasive treatment or don't actually, or don't, but I, I'm going for it. Listeners, you know too much about me. You just know too much, but it's all good, Raph. What the hell's going on with you? How about you? What invasive treatments are you on? <laughs> uh, no, no invasive treatments to report other than, uh, you know. The, the ongoing slog of life as we know it. Um, I actually, <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Exactly. I just got back from a wedding in Texas, but uh, we took all the necessary precautions. The wedding was outdoors, all that fun stuff. Um, but I spent my first you know few days in uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, which was hey. an interesting endeavor. I hung out in Deep Ellum, where uh, Deep Ellum Blues is, uh, is known for and comes from. So that was super cool. Spent uh, an afternoon in the Deep Ellum neighborhood of, te- of Dallas, Texas. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, Texas is cool by me. Um, you know, politically not so much, but everyone I met was really cool. And uh, congrats to Greg and Koya, who got married, who uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, and we danced. Greg, and we- Koya. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Love it. We danced. We had fun. There was a lot of coordinated dancing, which I was not uh, sound to. I don't know how to do the electric slide. I don't know how to do any of these things. Um, how about the cha-cha slide? Is that more they, I see. I do era? know how to do that one, and that's not the one that happened. But it's all these, like, ah. it, it happened when I, went, I, when I went out in, like, Memphis and stuff, too. Like, there are a lot of uh, Southern culture is these coordinated, you know, dances that I am just how about the, too square. Yeah, co- <laughs> I'm too square to do any of these dances. So I, How's your Cotton Eye Joe? What's your Cotton oh, Eye Joe God, That's the problem. I know how to do that one, too. It, it's all, like, oh, the right. tragically corny ones I know how to do. <laughs> right. Not any of the right. cool, like, uh, <laughs> actually, like, good music ones. But, uh, sure. But actually, uh, me being in Texas leads us perfectly into our first. Uh, story because nearby, even though I was in Dallas, uh, south of us in Austin, Austin city limits happened these past couple weekends. Uh, and namely, one of the biggest stories coming out of it is the one and only Phoebe Bridgers had her sound cut by the festival during uh, one of her peak songs called I Know the End, which is a huge cut off of her, you know, kind of breakout LP Punisher. Karina, I wanted to get your take on this because the idea of an artist's sound being cut is just absolute blasphemy and something I feel like you would take personal offense to if it happened. The shoe was on your foot, you know? I mean, if were the shoe on my foot, yeah, I don't know how I would react to that. Probably, uh, Probably poorly, but at the same time... You know, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's sort of like the VMAs or something where they cut you off if your speech goes too long, right? It's kind of par for the course, unfortunately. Like, you kind of got to keep to a bit of a schedule, especially for something that massive. And I saw those photographs from ACL this weekend. That looked absolutely massive. 
And of course, it's a bummer because that's, you know, I know the end is sort of the epic set closing. The end of it just like rips really hard. Of course, people want to hear that. Phoebe's, you know, hugest artist on the planet right now, sort of, you know, I probably would have let that go for another two minutes See, that's uh, the if thing, I were ACL. Right? Like ACL, <laughs> I ACL like, had would've. to apologize after. Like she's like one of the biggest artists in in the scene right now. So it's like, come on. Yeah, and, and that's the set closer. Like, you know what I mean? Like just like, you know, cutting that. It's going to go on for two more minutes, you know? It's like whatever. So I don't know. I see it both ways. I also feel like, you know, shaming the production staff who's definitely overworked and just trying to follow rules and probably answer to a complete prick, you know, uh, that's not the answer either. You know what I mean? I feel bad for every side of this uh, coin, basically. You know, it sucks to be Phoebe in that situation, but it sucks to be the poor fucking guy who's cutting the sound and then getting absolutely, you know... denigrated this poor guy, you know, or lady who knows, you know, and just like everybody loses here and the fans lose because you want to hear the end of this fucking ripping song. It's such a shame (laughs) all around. I, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't take too kindly to it, especially if it was the climax of like one of my absolute bangers, you know, like that's just, it feels bad. And you know, it just goes on for like two and a half more minutes and then you're, you're, and then the song's done. You walk off the stage, say, thanks very much. Like what? You couldn't let it go on for two more minutes. Um, what, how would you react, Raph? Let's say you're, you're a rock star, right? You have a banging (laughs) tune. You're playing in front of a hundred thousand people and they're good to go and they're ready to hear the tune. And then boom, unplugged. No, and you only had two more minutes to go to really hit the peak, you know, of your sick ass song. What do you do? How do you feel? I, about I think that? I'd react the way she did. I mean, she straight up like just like was just like fuck this and like walked off stage. Um, and then she actually tweeted afterwards, "LOL, fuck ACL." Um, but thankfully, <laughs> actually, some good came out of it. Um, ACL like issues an apology because I'm also sure like Phoebe has very passionate fans who I'm sure just like absolutely trash the <laughs> festival via social media. Again, some underpaid social media person for ACL who's like just trying to like get their foot in the industry definitely like had a bad day and not their fault at all. Um, but the festival said that after positive conversations between the festival organizers and the artist about the situation, ACL Fest has made a donation to Texas abortion funds to show our support for Phoebe and an organization close to her heart. So some silver lining of this scenario, you know, I know, uh, the, uh, for the first weekend of ACL Phoebe on stage had mentioned, uh, you know, kind of trash talking governor Greg Abbott. I know Billie Eilish, obviously another huge star, uh, was very vocal on stage about the Texas abortion ban. Um, so I think, you know, at least, uh, you know, these artists are, you know, you know, letting their uh, letting their voices be heard and definitely not like ignoring the fact that like you're in the middle of Texas in the middle of, uh, you know, an assault <laughs> on women's rights. Some might say uh, I might say. Um, so shout out to PB for like making the best out of a bad situation. Shout out to ACL for just being like our bad. Uh, but I, 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 it was funny. I imagined you in that scenario, uh, Karina, and I feel like you would just do double birds to the sound guy and go double birds baby (laughs) (laughs) and then go and take a hot bath in the texas sun oh baby in the leon Uh, bridges texas sun 
<laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, moving on from Texas to the great state of New York, uh, Phil Lesh has opened his nine-show Halloween run. Uh, his first three shows will be with the were with the Q. Uh, he actually started it last night. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so 11, 12, and 13 of October. He's playing with the Q, who uh, are Jimmy Herring, Warren Haynes. Uh, help me out, Karina. Jimmy Herring, Warren uh, Haynes, Rob, Rob Baracco, yeah, and <laughs> John uh, Molo. <laughs> John Molo, that's the cue, baby. That's the cue. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, hell of a lineup. They opened it up. I uh, got Baracco right, right? It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Okay, yeah, cool, great. Yeah, Baracco I wasn't who, there. Baracco who Rocco's that headband every night on stage. He's a he's a bandana he looks guy. Good. <laughs> totally, totally. I sometimes get him mixed up, even though I think uh, I get him mixed up with Barry Sless. Sless is more. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I love but, uh, it. But I yeah, so Herring, Jimmy Herring, especially, uh, had played the night before with widespread panic and still made his way up to the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York to play with Phil. Uh, super cool to see Phil back on stage. Uh, people were cheering, obviously, super loud at the cap for Phil. He said, uh, you know, up on stage. He said, like, I miss you guys. I miss you just as much as you missed me. Uh, the set list is pretty fiery, I must say. Uh, opening with Mason's Children. Set one was highlighted by uh, the low spark of high-heeled boys bleeding in and out of Miles Davis's So What? And the second ah. set, Karina, this is this is pretty heady. Second set kicked off with a 20-plus minute shakedown street. And if Ooh. that's not some good old Grateful Dead, I don't know what is. I love this. I love this. And you know what? Low Spark of High Heeled Boys gets me right every single time, Raph. Let's not pretend like it doesn't. You know, it's uh, that's that's a great, great, great tune. And going in and out of So What, that gets me very excited. I need to listen to this. Anybody have a uh, nugs.net login? They can uh, lend a sister. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, no, this is very, very cool. And the queue is always good, you know? So this is a great way to kick off this run. I love it. I love that Phil, you know, at his age and stage is just in it to win it, doing nine shows at the cap, some with this lineup, some with his son, some with, uh, you know, um, oh my God, what's his name? I'm, I'm kicking myself. My boy from the Heartbreakers. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, uh, oh my God. Doyle Bramhall? No. No. Uh, he is not oh, from ben the Heartbreakers. My, yes. Benmont, Benmont. I'm just excited when I read Benmont's name in that, you know, configuration because I think that's really fun. So, this is wildly exciting, Raph. I might have to, uh, I might have to make my way to one of these shows. And I will say that my roommate, uh, Mr. Isaac, <laughs> last name omitted for, uh, you know, uh, just to no, it's okay, it's all great. Isaac went last night and did not come home until after one in the morning. So you can only re- imagine that that Monday night show, I don't know how late it went, but I think they're not afraid to go kind of late up there, you know, on a Monday night. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I, uh, if that's any indication, I think I should, I think I should go. I'm staying yeah. up late these days, Raph. I'm staying up late, waking up late. I'm not ashamed. It's my old self. I only started waking up early during the pandemic. Why would that be the case? Now I'm just good to go, you know? Nice. Catch me at like sleep until uh, noon. Not a problem. Not I a problem. That. You're staying up for you. all night playing music. Thank you. You're allowed. You're allowed. Good talk. Good no, talk. Yeah. So I mean, there. that shit's all relative because honestly, I feel like I live in like three time zones now because I work on East Coast time, although I'm here in the beautiful city of San Francisco. So like sleeping in for me is now like eight o'clock. 
So I'm just like, what is time? Uh, what is any of what this? What is time? I literally wake up and I'm just aye, like, aye. it's seven, but also 10, but also, and then I was in Dallas, which was like in central time. So I was just like, what? The, oh. who, who even knows? These numbers Sister, on this clock, we, time is a flat circle and we are all just hurtling through space on a medium. Uh. But anyway, when you live in one place and your time, then you're working in another time zone. That's just complicated, dude. Don't know how you do it. Don't know how you do it. I love it. But uh, one thing um, you can I will say, say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, KR. Oh, no. I, this is like a such a story within a story within a story type vibe. But I just want to give an honorable mention this week because I saw my first two Goose shows at Terminal 5 over the weekend. And the second show... Uh, featured a surprise third set, which was absolutely amazing. And they, I will, I'm, I will die on this sword. That band is fantastic. I had no idea. I wasn't ready for what they were laying down, Raph. And it was absolutely mesmerizing. I'm, you know, literally took like audience, like stealth recording of things that I was particularly compelled by so that I could analyze them later. I kid you not on my little, uh, you know, my iPhone voice notes recorder. I was just like, oh shit, like what is going on with this? And, uh, you know, three sets of goose that went late. That went late. That's just what yeah, made so me think how, of it. So I was like, holy they, shit. How did they swing that? I got frantic texts from several friends who were there being like, goose is doing three sets. So they finished set two and were they just like, oh, we're, we're going to come back out for another one? Or was it like. That's exactly how it happened. Oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. And I was privy because my dear friend Josh put on the show and told mm-hmm. me that he was asking them if they wanted to do a third set and then sent me the set time. So I knew I should have, we, me and my friends, we were like, Oh my God, we should just go around and hustle people and be like, you want to make a bet, dude? I bet you they're gonna <laughs> three sets tonight. Uh, but we didn't do that. But, um, I wouldn't be above that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they, after the second set, they were like, Hey, we'll be, we'll be right back. And it was, uh, it was really mesmerizing, amazing playing, incredible musicianship. And a f- like, I, I was, I was really knocked out off my feet. My dear friend, KT, who works at the farmer's market, uh, Mondays and Fridays, roaming acres farms, they sell the best meats in New York city. He, he's kind of my jam band guru. I know that sounds funny, but we talk, uh, we talk jam every week. Oh, and union square. Did I mention that union square farmer's market Monday, Friday? Yep. Go see him. Anyway, he told me last week, he was like, dude, you're not going to believe it. When you see goose, you're not going to believe it. And I was like, I'm ready to be in disbelief, my brother. And then (laughs) I, uh, I really am. I really am. So not, uh, you know, not trying to blow smoke up anybody's skirt or anything of that sort. But when you see something that compels you like that for the first time, it's, uh, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. And they deserve all the success in the world and more. And I can't wait to go and see more shows. I really feel that way. I was like, wow, damn. Have you seen them, Raph? Have we talked about I have. this? I what saw we- them. I've seen Goose a few times. Most notably, I saw, I think the only like real headlining gig other than like festival stuff I've seen is when they played Music Hall of Williamsburg before the world ended. Early 2020. Uh, right, early 2020. Right, right. Early 2020. And that was a hell of a show. I remember they played right. uh, Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head. And I was like, this That's a banger. is a lot of fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> Love it. I fucked Love with this it. hard. Uh, and I will give the, the fans uh, and the listeners a little bit of some Goose set list highlights, highlights from their Terminal 5 three-set run. We'll do a little bonus story here. Um, yeah, bonus story. T5 on October 9. They opened the show with Tumble. They ended the first set with Rock the Casbah. Love it. Karina was probably digging it hard. 
Um, she was. Set two opened with Wisteria Lane and it was jammed through. It Burns Within, Seekers on the Ridge, part one and two. Hot Tea and ending the set with Dragonfly. It was a first time played. Uh, set three opened with the Brothers Johnson's Get the Funk Out of My Face. Another one that Karina probably dug super hard. Uh, they played Foster the People's Pumped Up Kicks midway through the set. Uh, and they ended their third set with Turn On Your Love Light jammed into their own Mad Hooven. And they encored with their own tea prize, uh, which is, you know, reviving hot tea from set two. So shout out to Goose. Goose are red hot. Um, no one's going to deny that. Um, and I'm excited that, uh, you know, it really is interesting to see like what bands persevered through the pandemic. And I do think like when they write the history books about this time in the jam scene, uh, they'll note that Goose somehow became more popular through a time when nobody was even even able to play. So shout out to Goose and shout oh, out to big time. Shout out to Greg Knight who works for the band who has always given me uh, the inside track on cool shit going down with the band. He does press and all that cool stuff. So shout out to Greg. Uh, and then Karina, moving on to our final story of the week. This one also kind of has your name written all over it. Uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are finally releasing their An Evening with Silk Sonic LP. Uh, their 70s inspired duo, Silk Sonic, finally has a debut album on the books. It's coming out November 12. And the one and only Bootsy Collins will be the guest host. I know we've talked about Silk Sonic a few times oh, yeah. on here. I am just so fucking stoked about this release. Um, I think Silk Sonic is such a cool project. Uh, so I'm just kind of getting your little, uh, taking your temperature here, Karina. Will you be listening on November 12th? You know, come November 12th, Raph, I'm going to be knee deep in Silk Sonic. And I cannot <laughs> wait. Um, anything, you know, ha, you know, when you read Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and then Bootsy Collins, I'm already, you know, a puddle. What am I supposed to be? It's absolutely ridiculous. How is anybody going to not like that? Um, sounds incredibly likable to me. So uh, I know that we've spoken about it a few times on the pod, but I think it uh, it bears repeating because it's exciting. It's a cool combination. It's new. It's fresh. We love it. And uh, yeah, I, I wish this release all the success in the world. I think it doesn't need uh, my blessing, but I'm giving it to it anyway. It's so <laughs> awesome. Uh, so the album was supposed to come out in, it, it, it had gotten like announced, then delayed, and then it was coming out in January 2022. But now they've bumped it up to November 12. Karina, like what type of factors as a professional musician yourself? What type of factors come into a decision such as this uh, that suddenly, oh, it's not coming out in January, it's coming out in November? I mean, means that they, you know, put a fire under their asses and got some shit together and on the label side and on the production side and on the album art side and the liner notes and the all like, I mean, just the amount of absolute hellish detail oriented work that goes into something like that will make your head spin. Like I am now that I have managers who like do the nitty gritty online, like, you know, stuff like all of that stuff where you're putting something together. <laughs> I can't even explain it because it's so annoying. Like literally when I used to do my self <laughs> self releases through CD baby, or, you know, when people do self releases through distro kid, that's like the super not pro way of going about doing something like that. And even that is like just annoying as all hell <laughs> in terms of the detail work that goes into it. And then of course, like, you know, every decision is a decision. I feel like that's like, you know, people know that, but like literally every font 
every image, every song, every nuance, every, like, you know, every tone, every arrangement, like it sounds so simple and stupid, but like literally decisions upon decisions upon decisions is your life when you do something like that. So, you know, I feel like shifting from a January drop to a November drop means that they were like, all right, boom, boom, boom. It's going to look like this. It's going to sound like this. Cut out that last chorus, double that, do that, pull, let's go. We're good. All right. I think it sounds good. I think it's good enough. Let's go. You know, and it's, uh, it's always complicated to let your creation into the earth to be, you know, meticulously ripped apart, you know what I mean? And just judged for eternity. Um, but when you can get out of your own head and get out of your own way and actually let the thing that you made, you know, breathe and exist, that's the best feeling in the world. So mazel to these guys, getting it out there, making it happen and making decisions. It's a beautiful thing. May we all be so, you know, get on top of our shit and bold to shift back or release three months. It's amazing. Let's go. Yeah. I'm also assuming touring has something to do with it. I mean, I don't think this will be like, I'm curious exactly what size rooms Silk Sonic is going to play. Bruno Mars Bruno Mars is obviously like a fucking superstar. He's played like the halftime show of the Super Bowl, you know? Um, so no he, could, he could do arenas. But, and Anderson is, has played the Garden, Madison Square Garden. And I love Anderson. I'm a huge Free Nationals fan. Like, I, you know, I'd be so curious to see like what the touring roster for this this kind of looks like. Um, I mean, they also kind of have a hit. Leave the Door Open was their first single. It had insane radio play. Uh, I'm curious to see. And I think that also plays a role in like when this album is dropping because of, you know, constant factors of the pandemic and we can tour, we can't tour. Maybe, yeah, no, maybe. Um, so I'm thinking they drop this in November and then maybe they they kick off 2022 with like a massive tour. Uh, but I'm curious what size rooms. I mean, are they going to play, you know, are they going to play Madison Square Garden? I don't know, maybe. I sort of like almost didn't compute that this would be, you know, toured. And of course, like it, like, you know, it should be, it'd be absolutely epic, but you, you make a very good point, Raph, that almost didn't cross my mind, you know, just because talk about now three, if you're including Bootsy Collins, uh, people with lit dude, like, can you imagine? Oh my God. And Bootsy Collins on stage. I feel like that could be like, that's insane. That's an arena, an arena band. Like that's an arena band. Oh my God. No between those two superstars. My Lord. Well, cause then, you know, once you put Bruno Mars's name on it and Anderson too, Anderson's an arena act at this point. Like this is beyond an arena act. I would, I would argue. And, you know, hopefully you get, uh, you get some Bruno, like, you know, hits in there. You get some Anderson hits in there. You get some Bootsy hits in there. That would be such a great show. Let's, uh, you know, here's to hoping, here's to hoping they tore this thing around. You know what I'm saying? And he's fantastic. Mm hmm. And here's to hoping that you listeners continue listening with us. I believe, Karina, we've come to the end of our road. Uh, I want to tell everyone to subscribe to Relics Magazine. Uh, If you subscribe right now, I believe you can still get the My Morning Jacket issue, which is our most recent cover. Go to relics.com slash MMJ. We're actually closing the new issue, the following issue, the issue after My Morning Jacket, which I'm not sure I can say who's on the cover, but... We're in the middle of that right now, which is why I'm somewhat rushing through this. I have so much work to do. Um, Karina, <laughs> uh, as always, it is such a blessing to be with you uh, over satellite phone, over, you know, in person. However, we shake out our friendship in any given moment. 
Uh, follow us on Instagram at three from the seven. Email us Raf and Karina at gmail.com. Three from the seven is brought to you by Relics Media Group. Our producer is Will Schwert. Our audio engineer is Sam Lazarev. Karina, I'm going to toss this frisbee to you. Tell the people what you got going on. Tell the people, you know, you got you got tunes, you got shows. You're with Marco. You're solo. All this good stuff, Karina. Tell tell them what's going down. Give them the good word. <laughs> You know, your girl Karina is, uh, for the next couple of weeks, I've got my head sort of uh, in the sand or my head's trying to be in the sand, just working meticulously on my record and whatnot. Um, that's that's the goal. But, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say ADD, but like, you know, I, I definitely go through my moments of being like, okay, now like, you know, I'm so intoxicated by the streets of New York City that like I work for a while and then I go out and walk 20 blocks and then come back, you know? So just uh, pray for me that the weather gets colder and it becomes less appetizing to uh, distract myself and try to shake out all the good ideas um, in in that way. But uh, my next shows are with Marco at Levon's Barn uh, on the 29th and 30th. Until then, I have no gigs. It's kind of my longest gigless stretch um, since sort of you know, July, I want to say, which is pretty wild. Um, have you decided, very, you know, have you decided if you're doing fish for Halloween, are you going to jump on a plane from Woodstock or are you going to stay in New York? That was the question, you know, and I feel like, uh, much to our listeners, chagrin, they're shaking their heads already. I, I sort of feel like it's just not worth it for me to, you know, play till midnight on the 30th in Woodstock, New York, and then get a car service to take me back to the city that night and then get on the first flight out that morning and go to Vegas. Like, I don't know. It feels like a little too much running around for me. And I'm just trying to like get into this new zone of like, no, Karina, you don't have to be at everything, but you do have to work on your music like a lot, you know? So I feel like running around like a chicken with its head cut off um, is sort of the way I've always operated. And I'm trying to just kind of tame that ever so slightly in hopes that I can really get into a focused work mode, you know? So, uh, my impulse is to say no, but you never know with me, Raph, you really never know. So I might see you there. I might see you there. (laughs) And if I do, I've already made a reservation at Lotus of Siam for dinner. So you can come with me to that. That would be great. And you're like, uh, you're like, I'm probably definitely not going, but I do have a dinner reservation that night. (laughs) You know, that's the most important thing other than the show. You know, it's very important. If you're there for one night, you got to do the things that you love, you know? Um, but yeah, I would, I would argue that I'm maybe, uh, 60, 40, not going. So RIP, (laughs) but you know, when you got gigs up in Woodstock, Woodstock, uh, you know, it has a lot of beautiful qualities, many, many, it's a wonderful place, but it's not too close to an airport, Raph. It's not too close to an airport and especially not too close to an airport that flies directly to Las Vegas. So (laughs) I got to, uh, I would have to come back to the city that night. Uh, It's not sounding too appealing right now, but we'll see. But we'll see. And that's sort of the hot goss of my life, dude. You got the Accutane. You got the writing. Karina trying to slow down. You know, trying to, you know, not feel like I have to be at everything and just like kind of hunker down here. And it was sort of easier when the pandemic was much more um, imposing. You know what I mean? Because when everybody couldn't do anything, then it was like, oh, okay, like... I can just not do anything. Yeah, by not do anything, I mean like I can work on music, I can do all that sort of stuff. But now that it's like, oh my God, 
I could be at a show every night. People are doing stuff like, whoa, 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 whoa. Then you sort of get into these like, well, St. Vincent's playing tonight. I got to go to that. You know, Primus is playing tonight. I got to go to that. Tedeschi Trucks Band's playing seven nights. I got to go to those, you know? And then like next thing you know, you're like, oh shit, I've been out every night. Karina, stop that. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of one of those, but you know, these are uh, extremely incredible problems to have. And uh, they're not problems. They're fucking, it's all a insane blessing. And I'm so beyond blessed. So looking forward to releasing music to the world, looking forward to having fun and getting inspired at the shows that I go to. Cause that's, you know, when I go to shows, it's of course to let loose sort of, but like, it's all, you know, I go see Primus. I get a clinic put on, you know, for me, you know what I mean? In terms of how somebody approaches the instrument, I go to TTB. It's a clinic for me. You know, I'm going to see St. Vincent tonight. This is a business. It's absolutely, well, all it's, it's, it's literally just the most enriching thing in my life, you know? And it's something I missed for so, so, so long. So like for me to go and see my girl, Annie Clark tonight, Radio City Musical, I cannot wait because it's going to literally, you know, I've been listening to her so much and seeing her approach to the instrument and just approach to songwriting. And, you know, I want, I want to take that and carry it with me and then see what I do with that. You know what I mean? It's just like all these different flavors in your big pot of soup, Raph. And your uh, big pot of soup. What do you think of the new, before we sign off here, what do you think of the new St. Vincent record? The one that just came out? Love it. I love it. I, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And there was, uh, you know, I loved what's it called mass seduction, loved mass yeah. seduction when it yeah, came same. out. See, I was like, and I was Daddy's such a stan of that self-titled one that I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. I mean, I'm just, I'm a big fan and I actually, um, oh, this is, this is some hot goss. Oh my God. Uh, the BBC, if you're familiar, <laughs> you know, as the in the bye bye yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. The BBC has a podcast entitled Music Life, which, you know, has been hosted by so many people I, you know, respect and admire. And there was a great episode uh, featuring David Byrne and St. Vincent that's fantastic that I just listened to last night, actually. And among other things. So I beseech and implore you to check that out, fellow listeners. But also, here's a little sneak peek. I, Karina, I'm going to be a guest on that thing. And we're going to tape it next week. I don't know when it's going to come out. And I'm not going to tell you. It's it's not centered around me. But I'm somebody's guest. And I'm not going to tell you who. But I'm very wildly excited to be included in it. And it's going to be so sick. So I just walk around the house going, the baby say, the baby say. <laughs> and everybody thinks it's great. Anyway, good talk. Awesome, That's dude. what's going on. <laughs> good news yeah. from Karina. Awesome. <laughs> it's just all about the baby say over here, baby. Yeah, we're going to London. The joke is that like you, <laughs> me and uh, our mutual friend Marlo, we were joking about this BBC taping because of course it's just going to be like over Zoom and, you know, just audio, whatever. But like the idea that we fly to London and knock on the door of the BBC being like, I'm here for the typing. And they're like, it's a Zoom call, you dumb bitch. I'm like, well, I'm still here at the BBC. What's up, baby? It's like in full, like Austin Powers, just like shagadelic, baby. Yeah, totally like dressed up. Like, where's the photo shoot? They're like, the other people on the fucking podcast are in New York. Where did you come from? I'm like, oh, I came from New York. They're like, what? 
And it's like, oh, anyway, the inside jokes, they just keep flowing. They keep flowing. But I'll tell you this, Raph, we should sign off. I know you're a busy woman. I'm just rambling over here. Um, Thank you for a wonderful episode. Thank you, our dear listeners, for listening. I hope everybody has a spectacular week. Be good to yourselves. Be good to others. And we will check in with you one week from today, Wednesdays. That's when you get us all up in your ear holes. And uh, carry the good vibes forward, guys. Just be good. Be excellent. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.